Next on BYU Sports Nation, our West Coast Conference basketball preview special. Your introductory course to every team. How does BYU stack up against a much-improved league? After a perfect performance against Western Michigan and preseason accolades coming in, is it possible to overhype Zach Wilson? Plus, BYU women's hoops on the drive for five straight wins, and which BYU football star is projected as a fourth-round NFL pick? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, January 3rd. Reunited, my friend. I feel like it's been too long. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Willie the Wave's homeboy, Jerem Jordan. It's our West Coast Conference preview show. So BYU opens league play tonight. The league opens league play. So we are going to preview every team. We're going to talk to as many play-by-plays and writers and whatnot as possible to give you the latest. So little snippets on each team, which is very exciting. The league is better. Uh, you have five teams that went at least 10-5 and five in league. And guess what? St. Mary's and BYU were not two of them. So uh, exciting to see and uh, excited for BYU at Pacific tonight. If you have zero context and zero knowledge of West Coast Conference basketball. You haven't been watching the show. But now you're here here for you. We're listening. We're here for you. We want to make you experts, at least to a degree, on each and every one of the 10 men's basketball teams in the WCC. We know at your work, everyone's like, dude, Santa Clara hoops. Like, what's going on there? You're going to have the info on that team. What do you know about Pacific (laughs) basketball? What can you tell me about LMU and their 12-2 and start? Yeah, no, not a lot of people know that. So, yeah, you're going to have the, uh, the 411 here. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball tipping off WCC play tonight at Pacific. Late start, 11 p.m. Eastern. Coverage begins at 10 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. The Cougars have lost three straight games for a second time this season. They open conference play with an 8-7 and seven overall record. The Tigers counter with a 10-5 and five record right now. Lock your doors, Stockton. Zach Wilson is one of eight quarterbacks and 29 players listed by the Touchdown Cl- Club of Columbus as a player to watch in 2019. The Touchdown Club of Columbus gives out the Sammy Baugh Award to the nation's top collegiate passer. Remember, Tanner Mangum won Freshman of the Year by this same uh, group back in 2015. Zach was the MVP of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. One of his teammates, Sione Takitaki, was another viable candidate to win that award. He was named to Sports Illustrated's All-Bowl team after totaling 19 tackles against Western Michigan in that bowl effort. He helped the BYU defense hold the Broncos to 121 total yards and just eight points in the second half of his finale. And BYU women's hoops host Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. The Cougars 10-3, overall 2-0 in West Coast Conference play. You can watch it on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Let's go five straight. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Naturally, in our West Coast Conference basketball preview show, Jerem, we start with BYU football. Why? Because that's what we do. Football reigneth. Zach Wilson, just named as one of 29 players to watch, according to the Touchdown Club of Columbus. He's one of eight quarterbacks on that list and some heralded names among those quarterbacks. It's the club, as you mentioned, Jeremy, that gives out the Sammy Baugh Trophy. With all of that backdrop, can we overhype Zach Wilson this offseason? Absolutely. Because what's the payoff of the hype? 
if Zach Wilson and BYU are north of 500 after the first six games, then I would say the hype is merited. Otherwise, going 500 isn't something that you should validate hype on, even if the schedule's tough, right? Because going 500, you just don't feel great. So if BYU goes 4-2 and two or better in the first six, I would say, sweet. What I don't want with Zach Wilson is what we did to Jay Keeps and Tanner Mangum. I, I don't want to assume anything and just enjoy his progression. Because Jake Keeps had a four-touchdown monster bowl game win over a bad team. He didn't go 18 for 18. But I want to be careful because I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good quarterback at BYU. What he did his freshman season, and, and, and let's be honest, the last two games were particularly good. The previous uh, four, I wouldn't say he was outstanding. Hawaii, he was good, but nothing to write home about against New Mexico State and UMass. The first six games are going to be really hard. So I think Zach Wilson prepares well. I think he's got the skill set, the mindset. I think this is all really good. What I'm afraid of is overhyping him um, because he had a tremendous uh, finish to the season, went 4-3 and three as a starter. But guess what? There ain't no UMass, New Mexico State, or even like a Hawaii in those first six. So I just want to watch it play out, let him succeed, and not assume that by a senior year he's going to be like a Heisman candidate. Let's just slow our roll. Can we overhype Zach Wilson? Um, I don't know. Is it cold in Utah right now? It's freezing. Yes, we can overhype Zach Wilson. I am going to choose not to do that with these subtle reminders or not so subtle. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joined us after the bowl game, and we took a way too early look at the early schedule for BYU. No, no it's perfectly timed. In 2019. It's not way too early. And he said in a roundabout way, if BYU goes one in three in the first four, that would be a good start. He used the word good to describe a one and three potential start. Woof. I agree with him. The schedule is loaded, loaded so much so that winning one of those first four, I think, would be a good start. I say schedule harder. Stop it. <laughs> Zach Wilson can play well, and BYU can still lose all of those games. Yeah. That's what's crazy about all of it is because those teams are locked and loaded, as you and Jason previewed on the show yesterday. Ty Detmer, off of his Heisman Trophy winning year in 1990, and they beat Miami and they beat Washington State in an incredible comeback, started 0-3, Jerem, against a schedule that will be similar to what BYU faces early in the season next year. The Cougars played Florida State. They played UCLA, and they played Penn State and lost all three. And he lost the previous two games to that, by the way. So he had a five-game losing streak. This he was the Heisman, Heisman and then lost, Trophy And winner. then lost five in a row. This was the Heisman Trophy winner we're talking about going into his senior season. Not a sophomore season like Zach Wilson. Not with six games of experience like Zach Wilson. He had been the starter for two-plus full seasons. When you ramp up the schedule, you need to... Pull back on the expectations. So wants that reality check. Oh, wait, I did a couple weeks ago when I said I'm lowering the standards. I am not overhyping Zach Wilson. It is my New Year's resolution to not overhype Zach Wilson. We will do it. He's a great player. We will do it. But I am not going to expect him to have a winning record at the end of September. I hope that uh, the one win is Utah. Hit it. Countdown to the Utes. 238. 238 days. Jason yesterday said he doesn't think it's a long ways away. I was like, it's 239 days. It's a long ways away. Of course he doesn't think it's a long way away. <laughs> because he's Jason. Yeah. 238 days. I'm yeah, I'm not on board for that yet. I'll do it every day, but I'm not on board yet. 
I'm totally on board. It's Utah. SB Nation's S&P rankings are out. Yesterday we mentioned it. BYU jumped from 101 to 47 from last year to this year. So let's play a little big deal, little deal, no deal with this, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU jumps 54 spots, Spencer. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Yes, it's a big deal. 54 spots? BYU deservedly was 101 last season after a 4-9 and nine year. They ramped up the schedule. They finished with the winning record. They won at Wisconsin. They won at Arizona. They finished by beating up on Western Michigan. 54 spots. Yes, this is a big deal. We're discussing overhype potentially of Zach Wilson because of what BYU did late in the season and now with jumping 54 spots. All of that coordinates together, right? Yes, this is a big deal because BYU fans feel like the team is headed in the right direction. And if you're not familiar with S&P rankings, they account for a lot of different things. Strength of schedule, where the opponents finished, where BYU won those games, how they won Offensive those games. And yes, ratings, efficiencies. Yeah. A lot of things go into this. So this is a legitimate ranking. It's a big deal to me. I think the jump is a big deal. I think being uh, 47th isn't a big deal on its own. But, yeah, the jump is significant, the improvement. Because BYU, a 7-6 and six team, is a top 50 team. Interesting. Um, ahead of 9-4 and four Oregon, Minnesota, Houston, Arizona State, Cal, Virginia Tech, Pitt. So that's nice. That's nice. Um, you hope to build. BYU's not going to make the same kind of jump, of course, but hopefully they continue to improve. That's all you want, right? Are we getting better from year to year? Are we improving? Are we maintaining greatness? You know, hopefully BYU gets up to the very good level. But 7-6, uh, and six, nothing to write home about, but it is when you go 4-9 and nine the year before. The S&P ranking is such that if BYU finished in the top 50 of that list every year, I would feel like uh, BYU's got a really solid program. Yeah, I, I, I won't take like 7-6 and six every year, though. I would like to get to the 8-plus. Not category. all schedules are created equally. It I, just so happened that BYU's yeah. schedule was difficult enough this year that 7-6 and six merited them a top 50 spot. So why schedule so hard if that's where you're going to be? Like, schedule less. My point is, like, do you want to win or do you want to just be 7-6 and six and 46? I don't know. How do you value the difficulty of playing an opponent that makes you better on the field because you play tougher opponents? Like, it, How is BYU better the last two years? Like, like 4-9 well, and 7 Three and games for one. No, no, no. I mean, like... You won seven games. So what? Like, you want to get to the eight plus. Eight is the minimum threshold for a good college football team to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not arguing with uh, your expectation of eight wins to say that a team is but like, good. You're, you won seven games. No one really cares nationally. Like, yeah, you won seven games. Great. No, but from one year to the next, it matters going from four wins. There's to a lot seven of discussion wins. about BYU's jump of three games right now nationally. No, there isn't. Internally, absolutely. On BYU we're Sports all, Nation, all, there is. Yeah, no, no, but you bring the national perspective typically. Right now, I'm saying there's internally, we're excited about the growth with a freshman quarterback. That's where the road ends. And thus, the hype. <laughs> the hype on a seven and six. Uh, he's a freshman. We're excited. We hope that he grows, right? If he was a, if he was a junior, we wouldn't be going crazy. There is a lack of hype for BYU basketball right now as they begin a new season of sorts tonight when they tip off West Coast Conference play against the University of the Pacific Tigers. What will BYU's record be in West Coast Conference play when all is said and done after 16 games? 16 games instead of 18 now. Um, 
I'm going to go a little blue goggled here. I'm going to go 10 and 6. I think BYU figures some things out and is a better squad in league than they are in non conference. Okay. Um, and I'm going fourth place too. I hope BYU's uh, 11 and 5 third place, but I'd take that um, because this, this could be the first year the BYU's outside the top three, and I wouldn't be surprised. And it has uh, a good mixture of you know how BYU is playing. Hopefully, they figure some things out. But also how much better the league is. There, like I said, there are five teams that are ten and five or better. San Francisco is in Lenardi's bracket as an eleven seed. They're twelve and two. Uh, you know, LMU's twelve and two. San Diego's eleven and four. Pacific is ten and five. Um, BYU is fourth in Ken Palm in the league. Uh, San Francisco, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, of course, not in that order. But I, I go Zags one, by the way. San Francisco two, St. Mary's three. BYU finishing in fourth. San Diego, LMU, Pacific. So the top seven, I think, are pretty solid so far through non-conference play. Two through seven, we could have a legitimate log jam. BYU has been, has been good at home. Outside of Houston, uh, which is a top 20 team right now, I think number 17 last I saw in the latest rankings. They've beaten everybody at home. Seven and one, I think. I think BYU will take care of business outside of Gonzaga in league play at home and go seven and one at home. Okay, I think It'd be BYU nice to beat St. Mary's. And a, yes, yeah, I think BYU's a different and one team. Is, is they're a ambitious. different team at home. They are. They play differently, and we'll get into that uh, in just a moment because BYU opens up on the road tonight uh, with some stats that uh, ugh, are not BYU's- great. Terrible on the road. 0-5. BYU's a different team at home. I like their chances of going 7-1 and against West Coast Conference play in the Marriott Center. Now, per the norm, BYU has been about 500 on the road in the West in Coast Conference. League. That's really bad in this league. Come on. So, at 4-4, four and four, if you add that to 7-1, and one, that would put BYU with 11 conference wins. I'm not going to put the expectation for BYU to win high. 11 yeah. games in league, especially when you're going down two games to 16 overall. So I'm, I'm going to go 10 wins. I think 7-1. and one. BYU has not shown me that they can win important games on the road this season. And if they've got to play, even at a team like Pepperdine, where they have struggled, at Firestone Fieldhouse, like that game could be up for grabs. I think 3-5 and five on the road, 7-1 and one at home for a total of 10-6. and six. And I think 10-6 and six is going to be a log jam and a tie for third. There's going to be a tie break somewhere. For who gets that number three seed in the West Coast Conference? Nine and seven is probably my realistic expectation for BYU and League. That's a lot of losses. We'll see how good these teams are, though. I mean, LMU hasn't really played anybody in their 12 and two. That is improved. Like, I, I'm not American Express, but I'll give them credit. And then you have San Francisco, who looks really good. Actually. San Francisco they is a really good team. Good. San Diego, I think, also is a good team. The verdict for me still out on St. Mary's as well. Played a tougher schedule, nine and six. Welcome Jordan to, Ford is the real deal. The, you actually play people college basketball schedule. That's what happens. But what what <laughs> is St. Mary's as a whole? We'll find out. I can't wait. I'm I am more excited about this specific year of West Coast Conference basketball than I have been in any specific year that I can remember. But it stinks because BYU is struggling. If BYU were its normal self, I would be way more excited. But right now, BYU is trying to figure some things out. So it's gonna it's gonna be hard. It's going to be hard. Our question of the day. Will BYU basketball finish in the top three of the West Coast Conference standings this season? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Talmagolo or Talmagolo15 on Twitter. Talmagolo? Talmagolo. We'll go with that. They will, speaking of BYU... Have, they will finish in the top three, he says. 
They have struggled so far, but they will start to pick it up in conference play. That's the hope, is that BYU becomes what we think they can be. Can the new year and the new season be yeah. like this rejuvenating boost? Right. Do, you th- do you think BYU will be in the top three? I, I said I think they'll be tied for third. I think they're just out. I think they're fourth. I'll be tied for third. Yeah. I, it's, the, the league is really competitive this year. I'm going to go tied, tied third, yeah. Coming up, band one picks. Will I ever score a point? <laughs> yes. I'd have to score two points, I guess. Yes. How are those postal stamps treating you? You going to mail it in, mail it in, in again tonight? I'm not the one that mails it in. I know. <laughs> I told you to get on board, but you, you tried to mail it in. It didn't work. Yeah, asking for a win against an inferior opponent is too much, apparently. Is this the most dominant Gonzaga team we've ever seen? Feels like we yes. ask that question every year. Or will the Cougs get another upset in Spokane? Our West Coast Conference preview gets real next. This is BYU Sports Nation. You'll shave your Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by... Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Men's Hoops looks to win its first true road game of the season tonight at Pacific. Listen to the pregame on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern Time. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Happy New Year, everyone. I know that Jerem and Jason said that yesterday, but this is my first opportunity. There you go. So, Happy New Year again. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can watch the show at BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day, will BYU basketball Finish in the top three of the West Coast Conference standings this season. Why or why not? Jared Havens answers on Facebook. The road stretch has been tough, but a road sweep to start the season could turn things around. Oh, yeah, it would. To finish top three, they're going to need to dramatically improve their defense, especially on the road, and find a consistent third score. I would say you look at doing one of those things. To do both this weekend would be pretty ambitious. Yeah. If so you, either improve the defense yeah, dramatically well, or find a consistent third if score. If you improve the defense, you don't need to find a third score. Scoring is not an issue for BYU right now, despite a cons- lack of a consistent third score. The offense has been fantastic. Top 20 in the NCAA. It's the defense that's a real issue right now. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. As West Coast Conference play tips off tonight for BYU and the rest of the WCC. It is now time for us to get you set with our BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference Basketball Preview Special. We'll look at the other nine teams in conference. As a reminder, all of our WCC Hoops preview guests will join us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. And as the Gonzaga Bulldogs have dominated the West Coast Conference for what seems like forever, it is only fitting we begin our preview with the Bulldogs and preview the fighting Mark Fuse with our guy Will Moppin from Mid-Major Madness. Will, welcome back to the show. If you had to define this Gonzaga team right now, what would be in that dictionary for the Bulldogs? I would say trending. Right now, um, expectations were super high to start the year, and then they kind of took a knock right before the season with Killian Tilly's injury. And then a few games into the season with Geno Crandall's injury. But just last night, uh, CBS Sports reported that Mark Few said both of those guys are set to return for Saturday's conference opener against Santa Clara. So when you take what was possibly the best Gonzaga team ever that has 
managed through the non-conference season pretty well, despite injuries, and then you say here at the beginning of 2019, they're about to get back maybe their best player and certainly their best reserve player, they are starting at a great place and trending up as we hit the second half of the season, which coaches always talk about you want to be playing well at in March. This team looks like it's trending in exactly that direction. Who are some of the other players that BYU fans should be watching this year on the Zags? Uh, the other players, I would say, um, let's go with a guy like Corey Kispert because he'll be around for the next few seasons. And for being realistic, it's the next few seasons that BYU might be able to contend with the Zags. Certainly not this year. You look at a guy like Corey Kispert, he fits more of a, a BYU mold. He's going to be a four-year player. Uh, he's going to be a very good college player. He seems like a guy that BYU would have had in years past, a big, strong shooting guard who rebounds really well, fundamentally sound, uh, doesn't do anything wrong. He can come off the bench probably when uh, Tilly comes back. He's a starter now. He just does what he needs to do. And, um, I get yeah, Corey Kispert and guys who are going to be there in the future. Cause right now this Gonzaga team, you should already know Rui Hachimura, Tilly and Tilly, Brandon Clark, if he hasn't blocked his way into your brain at this point, I don't know what you're watching. Um, <laughs> you should know those guys, but a guy like Corey Kispert is just as important and sort of flies under the radar for the Zags. Will Maupin from Mid-Major Madness with us on BYU Sports Nation talking Gonzaga basketball. You mentioned the expectations for the fans are out of this world high, and rightly so. Gonzaga is at least, in our minds, an Elite Eight caliber team, probably a Final Four caliber team. What's the realistic expectation for the Zags, not in the West Coast Conference per se, because they're the heavy favorite, but nationally this year? Uh, that's a that's actually an interesting question, considering the injuries that they've been through coming into the season. It was Final Four, National Championship level, beating Duke. It was you know maybe beating the Cavs in, in a joking way, and then uh, sort of dropping those back to back games to Tennessee and North Carolina on a neutral and on the road didn't seem to really alter that perception. They only fell to number eight, I believe, in the polls after being at number one, which is sort of an absurd level of respect nationally for a team coming from a mid-major conference like Gonzaga is. So I think the, the expectations realistically right now are Elite Eight, Final Four, and we'll just have to see how how much the chemistry changes in a positive way or gets disrupted in a negative way with the return of Crandall and Tilly. If it goes smoothly, I think the expectations really reasonably return to playing in Minneapolis in early April for the national championship. Will, which West Coast Conference team matches up best with Gonzaga this year? It's going to be a boring answer, I think, because San Francisco looks like the second-best team. But I think they also match up the best with Gonzaga. They have a lot of bigs. They have a lot of experience. They have a very good four-year collegiate point guard in Frankie Ferrari, who is similar to Josh Perkins in the way he approaches the game. They have depth in a way that Gonzaga doesn't right now, but seems like they will when they meet in San Francisco on the 12th. 
I, you have a team like the Dons that has multiple experienced and talented big men. That is not a thing you see in at the mid-major level to have that many dudes who are that big who can play. That's a thing Gonzaga has had that no other West Coast Conference team has had for a long time. And it's a thing that Gonzaga kind of doesn't have as much this year. They have three very good bigs once Tilly's back. San Francisco can match that. And if, if you have that, you can, you can play. Will, we appreciate the time. As always, great to have you back on the show, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Will Moppin on from Mid-Major Madness talking Gonzaga basketball. Now, yeah, they're going to win the league. No are... question. Not even a talking point. Yeah, the end. Next. Yes. It, it's kind of like, will Alabama win the SEC? That, that's where Gonzaga is with the West Coast Conference. Well, Georgia won it last year. Like, it happens. Well, staying in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Portland. Let's talk about Portland. No one really wants to talk about Portland. We are talking about Portland. BYU plays Portland twice this year, and you and I both think that Portland is going to finish last in the yes. WCC. Yes. They're 7-8, and eight, worst non-con record in the league right now. Ken Palm, 288. Lots of free throws attempted for this team, though. 21st in the NCAA. They get to the line. Bad rebounding team. 22nd worst. One of the weakest schedules in college basketball. They've got a guy named Josh McSwiggin. And Josh he is McSwiggin. Swaggy. Love it. Yes. Uh, the dude can flat out score, and if if Portland is going to win some games in West Coast Conference play, it's going to be how Josh McSwiggin goes. And Marcus Shaver Jr. leads the way at almost 15 a game. So realistic expectation. Bottom three, perhaps they're the worst. Right now they're the worst team in the league. Um, maybe they finish 8, 9, 10, but they're one of those teams that's uh, still building, trying to climb out of the uh, bottom three. Where is Jazz Johnson? Oh, he's playing for, for Nevada. Nevada. And last I looked, he was shooting like 50% from three. Zach Selyus was like, hey, welcome to the club. Jazz Johnson, who a few years ago in Provo, when Portland was losing by 40 to BYU, came in and knocked down like three or four threes. And uh, who knows? Just maybe Nevada saw him and said, hey, we can use a three-point shooter. So Jazz Johnson, no longer playing for Portland, yeah. has upgraded to number six in undefeated Nevada. I want to be Jazz Johnson in my pickup ball at church Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. <laughs> Just busting threes left and right. Again, BYU does play Portland twice this year. Only one game with Pepperdine and one game with Santa Clara at Pepperdine and home to uh, the Broncos. Now, we continue with our previews and the play-by-play voice of the Pepperdine Waves, Al Epstein, joins us. Al, great to have you with us. What do we know for a surety about this Pepperdine team right now? Well, nothing is uh, for sure, guys. Uh, with Pepperdine, uh, they've had the uh, last several years have been kind of uh, up and down, to say the least, with all the injuries they've had. But I think one thing you'll, you'll see in this basketball team is that, that they are offensively a much, much better basketball team. Uh, they actually lead the West Coast Conference in three-point field goals made, which that has never happened with them over the last several years. They're averaging better than nine a game. Uh, the one thing about Pepperdine, they're extremely young, seven freshmen, but the other thing is they're finally healthy, which which is kind of nice for the first time all season long. And they get a player like Cameron Edwards back, who's a six six junior forward uh, who missed ten of the fourteen games, and and certainly he would have made a difference to this basketball team uh, going forward. But uh, he should be a key to this year, and I, I think the Waves are very excited about this coming campaign. With the new league setup. Uh... Everybody plays two teams just once, and BYU plays at Pepperdine, where the Cougars have lost four of the last five. So we thought that was a little unfair, but that's okay. Uh, Tell us some more about other guys that BYU fans should be watching on Pepperdine's team. 
Well, for the Waves, I think uh, their their sophomore point guard, Kobe Ross, who's uh, putting up incredible numbers, uh, you know, he leads the conference and assists better than seven a game. Uh, he's averaging almost 20 points a contest. This is a two-time Colorado State Player of the Year, was not heavily recruited. And he kind of reminds me of MNR uh, of St. Mary's over the last four years and, and maybe ahead of him at this point in time. And, you know, he's not a super athlete, but he's just got great uh, awareness and, and court presence. Uh, so he's one player. Uh, to keep an eye on uh, Johnny Smith, who is is also playing extremely well. This is a, a heavily recruited player uh, as a sophomore coming out of high school in Oakland by uh, Cal and USC, but then suffered some injuries and he's finally healthy and uh, he's playing extremely well. Maybe the Way's uh, best defensive player this year uh, and could be the defensive player of uh, of the conference uh, going forward. So, you know, Cameron Edwards getting back, uh, being healthy is going to make a big difference. And then a lot of good young freshmen on this team, very athletic, offensively averaging almost 80 points a game. So uh, between those three and a couple of other players who have improved, uh, I, I think this is going to be a better season for the Waves. Pepperdine play-by-play man Al Epstein with us on BYU Sports Nation with a head coaching change going from Marty Wilson to Lorenzo Romar. What is a realistic expectation for the Waves in terms of a finish in the WCC this season? Well, in all honesty, I, I think uh, this team is probably uh, a year away from really contending for the uh, the upper division. But uh, this season, I think realistically, four, five, or six, I think uh, at the start of the year they were picked uh, eighth. Uh, but uh, with, the, with the team that's finally healthy and, and finally getting the, the pieces in place, uh, I, I think four, five, six is, is certainly uh, realistic. I, I think Gonzaga certainly would be the clear uh, favorite, uh, but I would be surprised if they go unbeaten. I think the league is as strong as ever, uh, in, you know, this, in 2019. Al, thanks for looking at the waves. We appreciate the time. All right, thanks, uh, Spencer and Jim. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys down the road. BYU at Pepperdine on January 17th, the lone matchup in regular season play that the Cougars really? and the will have. Really? When that came out, we were annoyed at the league, like, what? Because, BYU, well, what we should be annoyed is BYU's play in the Firestone Fieldhouse. BYU's lost 4-5 or five there. Yeah. The one, like, the worst. BYU's better at Gonzaga than they are at Pepperdine. They have a better record <laughs> against Gonzaga what? than they do at Pepperdine. That's crazy. Yeah, that is one of the more crazy stats uh, you'll ever hear. BYU then will come home after they play at Pepperdine on the 17th and host the San Francisco Dons for the first time. The voice of the Dons, USF play-by-play man Pat Olson, now joins us for our West Coast Conference preview show. Pat, what's the one thing we know about USF basketball at this point? Well, I think the one thing we know about this USF team is that it's a good team. It's a team that's, you know, play. It's made its best attempt to play a representative schedule. I think some teams that had good, you know, years a year ago, maybe weren't as good this year that USF has found along the radar. But USF, you know, seems to have found all the elements. I think really what we've learned to really get to the answer to your question is that this is a true team. They've got you know two bigs along the front line at center. They've got the the, you know, shot-blocking, defending, power-forward guy in Nate Renfro. They've got a score in Minland. They've got a shooter in Matino. They've got the senior point guard in Ferrari. They've got an athletic, you know, guy off the bench in Bouye. They seem to have all the right pieces and, and have found that, you know, seven, eight-man rotation that may be able to take them far in the West Coast Conference. 44th in Ken Palm, an 11th seed and in right now in Joe Lenardi's bracket. Why the big improvement in 2018? Well, I, you know, I, I really don't know that it's that big of an improvement because when you look at what Kyle Smith has done now in his third year, his first year he came in, the team won 20 games. They went to the CBI. They lose in round one. 
Last year, they went to the championship round of the CBI. They won 22 games. This team a year ago played 39 games. So they, they almost played like a year and a half of basketball. You know, they got guys that, you know, you think about that, 40 ball games with your exhibition somewhere along the way. That gives you a chance to get better. And so this team has had success. They've kind of been right there on the cusp. And this year, they really, really did turn the corner. Some people, Joe Lenardi, namely, seem to think that San Francisco right now is the second best team in the West Coast Conference. What is a realistic expectation for the Dons as to where they finish in the WCC this season? You know, that, that's, uh, I think that's about where to put USF right now. But in all honesty, you know, everybody is looking at the West Coast Conference saying, all right, Gonzaga is clearly number one. And then you have this big, you know, logjam two through seven, a lot of teams, USF, BYU, San Diego, LMU. You know, there's a whole bunch that can, you know, St. Mary's obviously has always been there. That can, But why not first place? You know, is Gonzaga that unbeatable? You know, USF has gone toe-to-toe with, you know, some, some pretty good teams. I mean, they played a Buffalo team that, that only has one loss in the championship game of the Belfast Classic, and they, they lose by four. I think they really feel they can match up with anybody. So who knows? You know, they get Gonzaga at home early. We'll see how it goes, but I, I certainly think that USF can crack that, that top three that seems to have been owned by, you know, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU. Pat, great stuff. We know you're excited, as are we, about uh, what's to come in West Coast Conference basketball. We'll see you soon. All right. uh, Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Pat Olson, Will Moppin, and Al Epstein for joining us for our West Coast Conference preview. More to come on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, will BYU be better than St. Mary's in league play this year? But first, the Cougs on the road, where they have not been good against Pacific tonight. What are the odds BYU avenges last year's loss in Stockton? It's BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Our West Coast Conference special preview continues, and we keep it rolling with today's BYUSN headlines. BYU men's basketball tipping off WCC play tonight at Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern start, 9 Mountain. Get your nap in. Coverage starts at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Zach Wilson is one of eight quarterbacks and 29 players listed by the Touchdown Club of Columbus as players to watch in 2019. Sione Takitaki is a player to watch for BYU football with Pro Dreams now. Named to Sports Illustrated's all-bowl team after totaling 19 tackles against Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And the BYU women's basketball team hosts Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. The Cougars are 10-3 overall, 2-0 in West Coast Conference play. Ladies trying to win a fifth straight overall. We continue our West Coast Conference preview show with two more teams this segment. We'll get to Zach Bay Rudy and tonight's BYU opponent, the Pacific Tigers, in just a moment. But first, the Santa Clara Broncos, the other team besides Pepperdine. BYU only plays once in the regular season. What do we know about Santa Clara? Eight and six, but they've won five in a row. That's the longest streak in the league right now. Ken Palm two twelve, West Coast Conference eighth team out of ten. Opening season loss to Prairie View A and M by seventeen is weird, but within the last three games, Santa Clara beat USC by ten in double OT. 
and one against Washington State by eight, third in the league in three-point shooting, 37%. Now, normally I would be really impressed with the fact that they beat USC and Washington State, but the Pac-12 is terrible Yeah, they're down, but good in name only. The but West Coast Santa Conference, Clara, that's good. Oh, the West Coast Conference BYU, that'd is be a good. better conference than Pac- the Pac-12 right now. Yes, and who should BYU fans be watching? Taj Edey leads the way, almost 16 a game, shoots 41% from three. Three other players scoring double figures, Josip Vrankic, Trey Wirtz and Keyshawn Justice. So four dudes in double figures right now. And Herb Sendek's a good coach. He's been everywhere. Yeah. Notably, yeah. NC State is where he did a lot of damage. Like, it's going to take him some time to rebuild that program because Jared Brownridge isn't walking through that door. No, he isn't. And, uh, and K.J. Fagan was recently injured as well. That's a big one. Realistic expectation, probably bottom half yeah. of the league. I Somewhere eighth or ninth, eighth or ninth, something yep. like that. Yeah. Now to a longtime friend of BYU Sports Nation, dating all the way back to our radio-only days in 2013. Play-by-play voice of the Pacific Tigers, Zach Bayrudi on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Zach, always nice to have you on, my friend. BYU and Pacific open up WCC play tonight. What should BYU fans feel confident in knowing about this Pacific team? Thanks, Spencer. It's it's great to be here, and, and I always appreciate being on with you guys. Uh, Pacific is a team that is is continuing its its ascent, I guess, in the WCC. We'll call it. They had more wins last year than uh, they ever had since rejoining the WCC, and this year they're looking to do uh, pretty much the same thing and, and eclipse that nine win mark from a year ago. Who should BYU fans be watching on the Pacific team tonight? They should definitely keep an eye on Ajari Sani. He's a true freshman, and he is a sharpshooter, the very definition of a sharpshooter, and he has been the X factor in a couple of Pacific's wins. Uh, And he can really get going, especially if BYU wants to play his zone. He can sit uh, beyond the arc and really pick apart that zone. So Ajari Sani is one of the newcomers to keep an eye on. Zach, you just referenced the growth that Pacific has had uh, in each of the last few seasons under head coach Damon Stoudemire. What is a realistic expectation for the Tigers in terms of a finish in the WCC this season? I really think they could finish as a a 10-win team in league, and I think they can finish anywhere between slots three and five. They were pretty much on the cusp of that last year until injuries really got the better of the team. They lost Lafayette Dorsey down the stretch, and by season's end, they had literally six or seven healthy bodies. So I think the 10-win mark is very realistic. And again, I think anywhere between a third and fifth place finish in league is, is realistic as well. Tonight, BYU matches up with Pacific in the conference opener for both teams. Ken Palm has this being a two-point game. So what do you think happens tonight? I think it's a very high-scoring game. Uh, I, I think it's a game that's played in the 80s. I know BYU is no stranger to those types of games. I do think Pacific prevails on its home court. I think this is a big, big game for the Tigers. They've had it circled for a while, not only to start a league, but against one of the marquee teams in the league. And I think, BYU, I think Pacific wins a close one tonight over BYU in a high-scoring affair. Zach Bay Rudy, one of our favorites on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for the time, man. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Zach Bay Rudy in our West Coast Conference preview via the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It's time we play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Two picks. The first is worth two points. If we get that one right, we have the opportunity to pick up the extra point with our second pick. Current standings, I have six points. Jerem's still searching for his first points. What's going to get it done for you tonight, Jerem? A two-pointer. BYU wins its first road game of the season. Ooh. And one. And one. Zach Wilson, or Zach Wilson, Zach Selyus <laughs> won't be overhyped. No age. <laughs> will score in double figures. Tells me he everything ha- I need to know about hype. 
Yeah. <laughs> My two-pointer. First team to 75 points will win the game tonight. Pacific and averages. one. Pacific averages. Correct. That's what went into that, obviously. And my and one, BYU will hold Pacific to under 85. And you may be saying, what? 85? Just wait till you hear our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is surrendering 98.6 points per game in true road games. Five road games. That's embarrassing. 98.6 per road contest. So under 85 would be a win, Jerem. (laughs) Well, considering Pacific hasn't scored 85 against BYU since 2014, that would be a lot of points. Yeah, Mississippi State hadn't gone 100 plus since 2011 as well. So, Well, Mississippi State's top 22. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Coming up. A Corbin Kafusi NFL draft projection. What round and team? BYU basketball hoping for a reinvigorating fresh start in WCC play. Could this be the year, Jeremy, they go 2-0 against the St. Mary's Gales? We'll preview the Gales next. They're play-by-play man. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you like winning, you should like the BYU women's basketball team. They are 10-3, and 2-0 in league. They play Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. The women opened league play last week. This is game three in league for the undefeated in league BYU women's basketball team. Shaylee Gonzalez, remember the, the name, averaging 17 points a game as a true freshman. We wrap up our BYU Sports Nation WCC basketball preview now with our final three teams beginning with Jesse Cass, the play-by-play voice of the LMU Lions, who are 12-2 and right now. Jesse, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, understandably, when your team is 12-2, and so through 14 games, what do you feel confident in saying you know about this Lions team right now? Uh, well, you know that this team is going to be just gritty defensively. That's really what their identity has been so far this season. Uh, they're near the top of the nation and holding teams down in three-point percentage and, and points per ball game. So their defense is really what they've, they've hung their hat on so far. There are some familiar names back on this team, but who are some of the names that BYU fans should be watching from LMU? Well, of course, you can't really talk about LMU basketball without talking about James Bateman and what he's done for the team, leading the team in scoring by a wide margin, averaging about 20. Um, but Matthias Markerson has really developed a lot. Uh, he kind of came on at the end of last year, and he's really improved. He just had a career-high 22 points in their win against UC Davis last week. Um, he's averaging near a, d- a double-double, so he's made great strides. And, uh, yeah, you know, you look up and down the lineup, there's just contributors. A lot of these guys that you've seen just taking steps up in their development, Jeffrey McClendon, Eli Scott getting back into shape. So uh, those guys have really done a good job so far this season. Jesse, clearly Gonzaga is the heavy favorite in the West Coast Conference, but after that, it's a real toss-up, especially two through seven with the likes of BYU, St. Mary's, LMU, San Francisco, San Diego, and Pacific. What's a realistic expectation for where LMU will finish this season? Well, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's open after Gonzaga, who, who should be the favorite uh, to be number one, as they usually are, but uh, I know that this coaching staff and this team is going to believe that they can finish near the top of the conference. So realistically, I think aiming for in that top four range is something that is possible for them. It's just going to take, as you said, the conference is very tough this season. So uh, it's going to, it's going to be a battle every night, but uh, getting off to a good start is going to be imperative for them for sure. Jesse, thanks for the time. Enjoy that LA weather, man. (laughs) Thanks.
You guys have a good one. Jesse Cass, play-by-play man for LMU. Now to St. Mary's and a BYU Sports Nation frenemy for the ages. Alex Jensen is the play-by-play voice of the Gales. Alex, what should we know about this St. Mary's team right now? Well, it's kind of a rebuilding team. Uh, You know, I mean, the only two guys that have played really significant minutes under Randy Bennett are Jordan Ford and Tanner Krebs. And the rest of these guys are are kind of learning their roles a little bit. I mean, Malik Fitz is the second-leading scorer, but, you know, he's in his first year uh, with the Gales. They're playing more freshmen than they ever have before. Uh, Dan Fotu is a true freshman. He's starting. Matthias Toss is a true freshman. Uh, He's playing significant minutes. So, uh, you know, I, I think for St. Mary's, they're a much better team now than they were at the beginning of the year. And by the end of the year, I think you're going to see a better team than you see right now. And there's, this is a different St. Mary's team because uh, the Gales have gone out and played people. What kind of difference have you seen, not only in the record, but kind of in the, the preparation into conference play that way? That's a good question. I think uh, I think it'll be. I think we're kind of yet to see that going into conference play anyway. But I mean, at least from my perspective, it's been a lot of fun to see this schedule. I mean, I, uh, it'd be probably a different record if the Gales played this schedule last year. But you know, when you go out and play teams on a neutral court like LSU and Mississippi State, you go play Western Kentucky at Western Kentucky. You know, maybe it does give these Gales at least uh, a little bit different sense of preparation. Uh, heading into West Coast Conference play. And, you know, you talk about that schedule and what we just talked about, guys, with a lot of these guys learning kind of new roles. you got to walk on starting at point guard right now. So, um, you know, hopefully the hope is that at least that the Gales will be better for it in the long run, but there's just been a few inconsistencies at least through the first two months of the season, especially given that schedule. For the last forever, or that's what it seems like, the top three in the West Coast Conference have been Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. What is a realistic expectation for St. Mary's this season in the West Coast Conference? Wow, that's a great question. I, You know, I would say top three. I think top three is a realistic expectation. We just talked about it, though, right? I mean, there's so many different combinations. Two to seven. Now you see Santa Clara, even with K.J. Fagan out beating, you know, you know, uh, USC and Washington State. But it's so deep this year, fellas. I mean, there's so many different combinations. I mean, I think Gonzaga, obviously, is the top dog, right? But there's so many different combinations. Two to seven or eight. I mean, literally, it almost feels like any one of those teams could come in any place in that part of the standings. But I think for St. Mary's, a realistic expectation, once, especially once you get to conference play, everyone knows each other so well. These teams scout each other so well. Uh, I, think, I think the talent is there for the Gales to finish in the top three without a doubt. Uh, I just think, again, it's a matter of these guys figuring out their roles and getting some secondary scoring. But I think top three is certainly a realistic expectation for St. Mary's. Alex, who do you think is the most likely non-Big Three team to crack into the top three? I think there's two, but I think San Francisco. I think I give a slight edge to San Francisco because I think they're really, really well coached. I think Kyle Smith has done excellent things with with the Dons. I think we saw it last year. Uh, you know, Frankie Ferrari is kind of the head of the snake. He makes that thing. He's got a five to one assist to turnover ratio, guys. That is ridiculous. They had one turnover against UC Santa Barbara uh, a few nights ago. And, you know, Charles Midland's back now. He can really score. I just think they're really well-rounded. That being said, I do think San Diego has a good has a shot as well. You know, Isaiah Wright is out. I know the point guard, but that's a senior-laden team with Isaiah Pinheiro, who's a matchup nightmare, and Olin Carter and Tyler Williams, who can really shoot it. Uh, their big guy, Vasalski, is just getting healthy. So I think the two of those teams are the most likely, but I'll give the edge right now to San Francisco. Alex, great stuff. 
As always, one of our best frenemies, my friend. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks to Alex Jensen and Jesse Cass for joining us in our WCC preview via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Alex just gave us uh, a good taste of what San Diego basketball is all about. And, Jeremy, I think that San Diego for sure is top five good in this league. 11-4, and four, Ken Palm 88 right behind BYU, beat Weber State by 17, common opponent for the Cougars. Lost by three to Washington, who lost by two to Gonzaga, so transitive property, San Diego's better than Duke. No. <laughs> Who should BYU fans be watching? Isaiah Pinheiro puts up 20-8, and eight, shoots 53%. Olin Carter the third, 17 a game. Realistic expectation. Not enough depth for number two for me, but three or four is the ceiling for this team. The Slim Gym is always one of the toughest places for BYU Jenny to Craig get a win. Dude, yes. For whatever reason, it's like Pepperdine. Yep. Really tough to win there. Coming up, where does NFL.com have Fred Warner ranked among all rookies this season? And where will Corbin Kafusi be playing in the NFL? Could it be with his brother Bronson? Details next. Or could it not? Shout out to all of today's guests in our West Coast Conference preview show. If you missed any of it, download the podcast. Go to BYOSN.com to watch full episodes. Despite having uh, nine different uh, previews, we had no time for Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU at Pacific tonight to open West Coast Conference play. Listen to the pregame on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern time. Football. DraftSite.com's latest mock Draft projections have Corbin Kafusi going in the fourth round to the New York Jets where his wow. brother Bronson plays. Fred Warner, number 22 on NFL.com writer Daniel Jeremiah's top rookie rankings this season. Warner led the Niners with 124 tackles. Today's rise and shout goes to BYU women's basketball, Jerem. Calmly and quietly, winners of four straight opened up with two road wins in WCC play, trying to stay perfect in league play tonight on BYU TV. Our question of the day, will BYU men's basketball finish in the top three of the West Coast Conference standings this season? Why or why not? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. That WD Heat 40 says, yes, because even with the improved league, they're still going to beat up on each other. After the non-con, BYU won't take any West Coast Conference team for granted. You're eight. I don't think they do. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What a show. Download the podcast if you missed any of it. The preview. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Teresa Hampson. Go Cougs.